Welcome to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. Whether you feel that you don't have enough money to start investing or are under the preconceived notion that investing is only for the wealthy, Magnus and his expert guests are here to help you. Now here is your host, Magnus Carter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm your host, Magnus Carter. You're on the Making More Money for You show on Voice America Business Channel. I want to thank Gianna last week about informing us that there are investors out there that want to help startup companies, and you can actually apply for that to start your side hustle and make that your main uh, your main uh, type of work, if you will. So you can quit the nine to five and focus solely on your work. Uh, if you have any more questions about that, see last week's show. You can get it on all the major streaming platforms or on voiceamerica.com. But today is a very special show because it's been over a year trying to make this show happen due to various reasons. And I'm actually going to give you access to one of my mentors that actually got me into publishing and helped me achieve some of my goals that I'm here today. Uh, To do that, my very special guest from across the pond, uh, welcome to the show, Daniel. Daniel Locke. Hello. Thank you. It's great to be here. Absolutely. It's good seeing you as well. It has been such a long time since we talked. You know, there's been such growth in both of our professional lives. Uh, But before we get to where we're at now is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you actually became, uh, how we actually met, which was actually kind of of different, if you will. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's start with, so we met, um, must be, two years ago yeah, about, about two, two years, years ago and um i was uh, head coach for a um a online training company uh, specializing in uh, production or producing or self-publishers producing their books and um you were a student a very good student you had an enormous potential you're one of the students that separated themselves from the pack which was always encouraging um it's one one of the people we would have considered that the five percent we always call them the five percent you know because you've got 95 percent of people who are who want to achieve what they say they want to achieve and you've got the five percent that, that have, have the ability or the commitment or the motivation to actually put in what's required and unfortunately that's that's about five percent of people that actually know what's involved and actually go and do it so there's not that many people <laughs> so we would have put you in the in the five percent and at the time we were working on a, a sort of masterclass version of the course and we invited, uh, well, we, we put it open to people who to, to take advantage of an initial opening offer. And you were one of the people that took up the offer, of course, because you were one of the 5%. And, um, and then we were, we were trialing that with what we called the tribes. So there was you and there was 11 other people in your tribe and me. And we had three tribes. And for three months, we met every Tuesday for two hours and we did um, intensive training sessions on a particular topic of that week um, to get you guys up to where you would be competent enough to fully understand the absolute inner workings of how to produce your product, which was a book. But what we were teaching you was how to produce a product in terms of customer research, what the competition is doing, analyzing the competition, the graphic design based on what your competition responds to, everything, you know, from the marketing to the production of your products and then the launch of your products and then selling it. So that was the underlying training you were receiving, but it was in the form of a book. 
And since then, we've we've stayed in touch, and um, we've been sort of watching from afar each other's businesses grow. Um, and uh, and here we are today. Absolutely, that's the short version. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that can get extremely. That's an hour, at least an hour <laughs> yeah, call in itself to go through yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, I remember going on one of the the we had question and answer calls, and right. I remember Q&A when calls, that's it. Yeah. Yep, when we one of the students was seeing so much happen with just a little bit of coaching, a little bit of extra coaching. And once that opened up, I instead of I remember buying that extra program and instead it, it was all sold out for, you know, the, the normal price, but I tried the extra price that not a lot mm-hmm. of people did and it let me buy it which was kind of, that was kind of yeah, quirky. Nice. I'm like, well, all right, it's an extra $500. But it's well worth it, and so it was an excellent investment. I'm like, oh, I'm in. I'm like, so as I got that, you know, that lovely email afterwards. So you're absolutely right. But Dan, what what got you into publishing to begin with? Well, uh, that's a interesting story. I kind of I fell into it. I fell into it. So I'd I'd had some experience with online uh, an online business before, um, and I and I fell into that too. So let me go back to. The end of 2014, early 2015. So I was working in the offshore oil and gas industry. I was working out of Singapore. I was a, a health and safety advisor on an offshore construction budget. And I was working in Indonesia, Malaysia, India, places like that offshore. And we were either laying pipe or building things at, at sea, basically. Okay. And the oil price crashed. So the barrel of oil went from, I think it was $140 down to $50 or something crazy in a really, really wow. short period of time. So the whole oil industry was decimated back then. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but it was brutal. Companies went bust, tens of thousands of people got laid off. And um, yeah, and, that, and I don't think it's really recovered. Well, maybe recently, but you know, I mean, only since Ukraine's kicked off as oil prices really sort of increased, but it was dec- decimated. Now, I was living in Germany at the time in Munich. I didn't speak German. I had a German girlfriend, which, you know, she was pretty annoyed I didn't speak German by that point. We've been together a few years, but, but I was, I would work six weeks on six weeks off. So I'd fly to Singapore, do six weeks work, you know, 12 hour days, seven days a week. Cause you're offshore. You don't, you know, that's how it is. It's pretty brutal, but it's, it's solid, hard, honest work. It's, it's pretty cool. And then you come home for six weeks and you've got six weeks off. So you're only really working six, six months of the year, which suited me. You know, I don't mind working hard, but I also like my time off. So it was great. But when I, when the job ended, I was living in Munich. I didn't have a job. I didn't have an income. Didn't speak the language. And I was like, oh, what the hell am I going to do? I want to go back to England. So I decided to take a, take a, have a look at this online businesses that people had. I heard something mm-hmm. about, didn't know anything about. Okay. And I sort of threw myself into that. And I ended up, which most people will do is having a, a sort of FBA, Amazon FBA business. You know, you produce cool. some products, you sell them online and, and that's the kind of story. That's how it goes. So I did that for about three years. And I made a lot of money. I, I started off with an initial investment of about six and a half grand, but I generated just over, it's probably just over about 600,000 in the total life of the business, which, which wow. I'm really pleased with. I had 36 products, sold them in Japan, US, all over Europe. Um, but I never made any money. I never made any profit. It was just a very, very expensive lesson and like what, <laughs> how not to do stuff. And, yep. you know, I had some wins, I had some losses, but I learned so much. Um, but you know, when it didn't, when, if, when I finally had to wrap it up and I had to say to myself, well, that, 
that didn't work out. That wasn't what I expected to be. In my mind, that was a failure. Now, I didn't go bankrupt or anything like that, but it, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. So in my mind, it was a failure. And it took me a really, really long time to pick myself up from that and dust myself off. But in the, but in the meantime, I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to work in London um, for the UK Civil Service as a consultant. And um, so I did that for about three years. And that paid extremely well. And again, I was learning, learning, learning. I was a little out of my depth when I started. And uh, to be honest with you, I was probably a little bit out of my depth when I finished. It's that kind of environment. You're always, you're always in a room with much, much smarter people, which is a great place to be because you learn, but you never really feel like you found your feet, you know? So um, it's, a, it's good. It's good. You just have a lot of imposter syndrome. So that was a really amazing experience as well. But then that wrapped up with COVID in 2020. So again, something out of my control, affected a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people's businesses were affected and their income was affected and their lifestyle was affected. And it was the same for me. So I was living in London. I had a very expensive flat in a part of London called Westminster, which was close to where I work because I could walk to work. And I was like, yeah, fine. I'll rent this flat. It's convenient, you know, whatever. Bad decision, but you know, there we go. So I packed it up, put everything in storage and um, I, th and I, I got myself down to the South of France, just, just at, as COVID was really kicking off. And I stayed down there and I, I bought this course that I saw online when I was watching YouTube one evening <laughs> and this, this advert popped up and I saw it and I was like, this looks interesting. I've had an online business before, but I had to deal with physical products and I had to ship them all over the world and I had to deal with customers. And to be honest, it was an absolute nightmare. I hated yes. it. It was, it, I, I wanted the result from it, but it, it wasn't enjoyable, you know, mm. but this, this is something else. You can have a digital product. So I'm not shipping anything. I don't have to deal with manufacturers. I don't have to store anything. I don't have to deal directly with customers. This is perfect. A digital product. Now, I've got all the experience I need because I had that other business. I could apply all the lessons I learned there. I know business. I know how to set up a limited company. I know how to run a company. You know, I, I've done a lot of consulting. This could be, this could be it. And so that's how it started. I found what I wanted to do in my covid time off if you like i didn't want to do nothing and i thought right well this is it i'll throw my energy and all my effort and my savings and i'll, I'll do this and and that's how that's how that started it, it was just uh it was the result of something out of my control and just reacting to it you know i trying to make the best of it yeah because that time frame i was i think that's about the time frame a little after that is when i signed up for it because covid yeah. was still like the tail end of COVID, uh, I even took a different job so I can do this work. Yeah, that was I, I was. That's how dedicated that I am to feel that this will work. And I seen the lives that the books were touching. You right. know, because everybody everybody likes reading, and during yeah. that time, you you Netflix only had so much content, and everybody blew through <laughs> yeah. that like yeah. four or four or five months. It's like, all right, now what do we want to do? And I don't want to talk to the people I'm living with. So what else can I do? <laughs> so, and I the book sales took off, and I enjoyed it. I love the process. You know the people I met all over, and it's just expl it's exploding uh, as your stuff took off. Yeah, uh, mine's starting to take off as well. It's. More or less, uh, what I was talking with Justine when we were building her brand is I didn't go for the bestseller list. I didn't do that. Uh, I My game plan was I wanted to build a strong brand that I, can, right. that I can build upon. And it's taken me a little bit longer, but the brand, actually the trademark's almost done through the lawyers. <laughs> nice. Thank God. Yeah, uh, it takes a long time for that. 
oh, it's been over. It's been a year and three months. The lawyer reached out oh, to me. Wow. It's like, it's like, it's over a year and it's still impending. I'm like, okay, well, you go do your thing and <laughs> let me know when I need to do something. Right. So, well, out of all the things that you've done, what have you? Uh, all the jobs you have, the businesses and whatnot. Where where do you think you fit the best in? That's a really good question. So, I, I, I discovered that I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I I'm at my happiest when I'm working on something for myself that doesn't have a limit. The only limit is me or all the my resources that I have available to me, and you know I. I don't know if you, about you, but I've always been one of those people that imagines what they would do if they won the won the lottery, right? I've done oh, that. I'd buy this, I'd buy that. Yeah. And then I kept saying to myself, "But you don't even play the lottery. Why are you thinking about that? That's never, ever going to happen. And even if you played it, it's still never, never going to happen." <laughs> but I, I figured, well, I, I tell you what, I tell you how it's never really going to happen. It's never going to happen working for someone else. Damn. That's for damn sure. Is you're never going to get that kind of money working for somewhere else. And I always felt that I, I always, I always wanted that dream. I always wanted to have that freedom and that independence to be able to go to, as we were talking earlier about to the Bahamas mm -hmm. and to be able to travel when I want, go where I like, I don't want to be mega, mega rich. Like I don't want a super yacht or anything like that, but it'd be nice to not have to worry about having to pay a mortgage. It would be nice not to, to go, to go into town, do some shopping and not really have to really worry about, you know, buying stuff you know i'm not talking about buying rolexes every day but you know just being comfortable enough to just enjoy life in a different kind of way but i don't believe that you can really get that kind of freedom um working for someone else and so you have to work for yourself and uh and so that's my goal that that's what's driven me it's it's the freedom to be able to make the decisions i want uh, freedom at work in work the freedom out of work and ultimately you know money can make you wealthy but wealth is a is not necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean finance wealth you can right. be wealthy and not have a lot of money you know because you can be right. a wealthy individual through life experience you can be a wealthy individual through you know just having a lot of love or a lot of people love you um but for me uh, you know i'm wealthy if i have options and finance or, or money gives you options mm -hmm. and it's the options i want the money is a is a side effect of that right i want the options i want to be able to choose what i want to do and when i want to do it and if that means i have to have x amount of money to do that then i need x amount of money to do that but really it's not the money i want i don't want to see big bank balances i i want options i want to be able to take my family and go on a nice holiday you know let's go next month right right so i want those options and to do that i need to work for myself so that fits with me so i'm an entrepreneur at heart and i'm at my most happy when i'm I'm doing something that aligns me with those goals. So I feel like that's where I fit in the most, you know, um, I've worked for lots of different companies and organizations and government organizations, and it's interesting work. It's fascinating at times, but deep down, it's not really where I want to be. Uh, well, I, I can definitely attest to that, uh, being in IT and traveling all over, all over the, the U S doing work and whatnot and seeing yeah. everything it, sure. it was great to do it but i was always under time constraint i yeah. always you know i was always on a deadline there were times where i did i woke up and i forgot where i was because yeah. i was gone so much yeah but i i agree with you the power of choice is very daunting to a lot to a lot out there 
even no choice is a choice if you don't decide to make that choice. But how do you, how do you keep your mind uh, disciplined enough to know what choices will benefit you and for the long term instead of going for the short term? Yeah, great question. I mean, it, there's lots of different ways to do this, but I think having a plan and in that plan, having some kind of roadmap of how you want to get from where you are to where you want to be is really important. You know, there's, you, you can have dreams or you can have goals and there is a difference. A goal is where you have a plan in place to, to achieve that goal. A dream is just a dream. Wouldn't it nice to have a big car and a Ferrari one day? Yeah, it's a lovely dream, right? My goal is to have a nice car in five years and a Ferrari in six. And this is how I'm going to do it. There's a difference. So okay, I, see that. I think, I think you have to have a roadmap. I think you have to have a plan and you need to, you need to be really honest with yourself. Well, how long is this going to take? And what is it I want to achieve and how am I going to achieve it? What do I need to get there? You know, who, what, when, where, and how, if you can work that out, you've got a plan. And all of a sudden your dream has just become a goal and it's all of a sudden now it's realistic. And that's the start. That's how you make a dream realistic. That's. Yeah, that's very enlightening because the people that I've had on the show, just like yourself, is we've all come from different walks of life. We all have different circumstances. We all had different plans. Yeah. But each one, if you can take one thing from one person and incorporate it, that is a win altogether. And not just saying, well, he did this and I, I can't do anything that that person did. There's always something to learn that I found. Oh, sure. Yeah. By doing this. I, I think I think if if you feel that there's no way you can do what someone else has done, if if that's how you think, you shouldn't even try. The first thing you need to do is adjust the way you think and the way you right. see things, right? Because there's problems and there's opportunities. But they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a different way of looking at it. Oh, absolutely. And I remember when we were being taught marketing. These yeah. are the, the these are the forty seven things that are proven. Okay, I looked at every single one of those forty seven things. I'm like, I ripped the paper up afterwards, and I started going my own way. Yeah, and it, there's some that actually turned into those forty seven things, but sure. I found other other items that were more effective, and some that weren't effective. But uh, it still is helping me get to where I need to be myself yeah. personally. Yeah. Yeah, I you know having a having a plan and and also a plan that plays to your strengths, you know, and, and the things you like. You don't necessarily have to be good at something, but if it's something you enjoy doing, you should try and incorporate that. Oh, I can I can definitely attest to that. I'm spending a lot of time working on the back end part of the business that I'm enjoying so much. Really, that's it. interesting. A lot of people don't enjoy that. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. the process. Uh, I find it honestly, I find it relaxing. Yeah. As weird you're, as you're a data weird. guy though, aren't you? You're a data guy. Uh, I'm more, yeah, I'm a data guy. I'm like yeah. more, um, okay, if I do this, this is going to happen. If this doesn't yeah. happen, why doesn't yeah. it happen? Fix it. Sure. <laughs> type of thing going on. Very logical. So you're, you're, you're a logical problem solving kind of guy. I know that, but, but there's people out there that are creatives. They can't stand the back end stuff. They want to be in the front, they're designing logos, thinking about the creative ideas and the design and this kind of thing. And then, but without the back end processes and yeah. automizations, it's not going to work. You know, you've, you've got to get your head around the things that you like and you want to do and all the things you don't want to do and you don't like, because nine times out of 10, the stuff that you don't want to do and you don't like is crucial. Yes. Absolutely crucial. And I would say, find a way to learn to love it. 
because you, you've got to. You know? <laughs> but it, it harks back to what we were saying earlier about the five percent. All that the five percent oh, get that they get it, and, and I've been finding that I've been. Uh, it's weird to say this, but I'm being more comfortable being uncomfortable. Good. I, I'm looking for ways to be uncomfortable in these. That's things. great. Yeah. So. You know, I, I'm like comfort. I'm like, okay, well, this is doing here, and I have these people working on this, and I'm working on that. It's like, but it, it feels like I'm not doing anything. But as soon as I get into that mindset, I'm like, well, I'm gonna go try this, yeah. and go spend like three or four hours on that, and then turn around. And it's like, it's like eleven o'clock, and I didn't eat yet at night. I, I just want to keep working. Yeah, honestly, that's the that's the place, isn't it? In that zone. And uh, I love that. I love that when a whole day can go by and you're like, why am I so hungry? It's only, oh, <laughs> I should have yes. eaten six hours ago. That's why. It's a good day. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because uh, I still have our, I still have the accountability meetings. You know, I'm still doing those. I haven't been to them recently because I took this new position and I'm actually more on site now, but I give my updates. I'm still part a part of the tribe, if you will. Right. And still, and we're still going. A lot of people are doing what they're doing. Again, they're getting there as, as their journey allows them. Yeah. That's what I'll say for that. And also the, the crazy one, another crazy thing about this whole, this whole monopoly of thing. I, I feel like I'm not doing as much as I should be doing, or I should be doing more, but once I, but I don't know if you found this out when you talk to somebody else and they know what you're up to and you give them like a fire hose worth of information of what you've done in the last two weeks. It finally clicks on me. It's like, I've done this much work in two years, actually in the last six, three months than I have in the year before. And yeah. if it, now that mindset, where does that come from? Oh, I, that's a good question. I, I think it, you know, it, it's finding your feet with something that you you enjoy, and also seeing the results of your hard work. There's nothing more motivating than working on something and and you getting results. It doesn't have to be you know financial. It can just be that you're moving what we call moving the needle. You can see that needle moving. You're getting closer to your goal, whatever that is. And there is nothing more motivating in my mind than that. When you see yourself getting closer to your goals, you just want to work harder and harder and harder and it becomes addictive. And it's, and when you, when you get addicted to something that you never thought you'd be addicted at, or you start to realize that you're good at something that you never thought you were good at, you want to do it more. And I, I think that's where it comes from. Okay. That's, that's an interesting thought to actually dive into a little bit more sure. because the, you know, our minds are really weird things. They're, they can be great assets or they're our, our biggest enemies. It right. it, it all depends yeah, on absolutely. where, where sure. we're at. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, when I was at school, I, I really struggled with dyslexia. I still struggle with dyslexia. It holds me up. Um, obviously, there's really great tools now that for my particular type of dyslexia, you know, spelling, my handwriting really is bad. But um, you know, for years I avoided any kind of education, any kind of study at all for years. It wasn't until I was in my mid thirties that I was, I was, I, again, I was working offshore. I was a security consultant doing security, very hands-on kind of work though. Right. And I wanted to transition into the, the health and safety advising. Um, but to do that, I had to do some exams and that, and it was only through being offshore that I met these guys and I saw what they did. And I realized it was very similar to what I was already doing, but it was a you know proper qualification. So I had to get my head into some books. 
but because it was something I really wanted to do and I quite enjoyed it, I found that it, like, I'll be honest, I, I was like, why have I waited so long to do this? This isn't hard. I can do this. But I had these fears in my head from when I was a kid at school, like I was a teenager. I still had these fears and these, these concerns holding me back saying, oh, you're no good at that. Don't do that. And for nearly 20 years, I just believed it. And then when I finally took the plunge to do it and think, right, I've got to do these exams. I really want this job. And I, I did, I got into distinction in the exam. Mm -hmm. oh, and I was that's, like, that's amazing. I was like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, it's because I enjoyed it and I really wanted it. And I, and I, you know, I, I learned to love it and I just, it just sucked the information up. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm not bad at this. For some reason I just felt like I was. And from then on, I just soaked everything up and tried to soak as much stuff up as I could, like a sponge and, and, and keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But I had a, a 20 year delayed start because of fears and, you know, programming from when I was a kid, you know, but you know, everybody's got something everybody's got something, but you know, if you can take the plunge and put yourself out, like you say, outside of your comfort zone and keep trying and doing things that you're, you don't enjoy doing, or you don't want to do, or you, you don't know how to do. That's great. Because sitting there somewhere is, is something that could really trigger you into a whole new different path. But unless you open yourself up to those opportunities or those ideas, you're going to miss it. And that's why some people, I think you, you've really got to try and push yourself out off the path you're already on onto a different path where there, it's completely unknown and give it a go. Just try it. Yeah, because honestly. That's what entrepreneurs do, right? That's what entrepreneurs do all the time. They're constantly time. doing that. They don't have a secure job or a, or a salary or they don't know where they're going to be. They can't, they only get 20, they get, you know, people in a normal job, they get 25 days holiday a year. They know when they're going on holiday every year. Entrepreneurs, we don't know that. We've got none of that. We're risk takers. We take risks and nine times out of 10, they don't pay off. But on that 10th time, that could be the one. And that's what we do. So we're always doing that. But if you're an entrepreneur, you've got to be comfortable with that. Yeah. Cause I, uh, a while back, I remember talking to some, some other mentors that I have that I still keep in contact with about doing a collaboration work with another mm -hmm. platform with mission matters. And they asked me, what do you want? What do you, your chapter written about? I actually wrote a chapter on failures. Oh yeah. I, I, it was very interesting. Cause I'm sitting here looking at it. I wrote everything out. Uh, I went to them about it a couple of times about writing it, but as I was writing, I become more in depth with actually being okay with being a fa with failing, right. but not being a failure. Yeah, absolutely. Because I found mo more growth out of failing under some something stupid instead of trying to you know half-ass it or trying to find a way around it. That setting up the the actual boundaries of my acceptance of failing and turning it around it's like okay time to cut and run this is it what did i learn from this well i'll take the time off of course of because the emotional state sure. find out what i learned and then going back back and analyzing it's like what happened why did this happen and then you know you get those i have like a list of questions to go through and answer them as i as i can and then just write write it down get it out of my head and just move on to the next thing so when something else comes on it's like, okay, well, I, I ran into this before and somewhere in my notes or my some in brain, I'll actually pull it out. And it's like, oh, I did this. Okay, okay, don't do this again. Try something else. But Daniel, uh, Dan, I can't believe it. We are done the first half of the show. 
It's gone quick, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I really can't believe it. It's we're the information that our experiences together, you know, it's, it's similar, but they're different. And, you know, everybody out there is, is the same way. But we're going to take yeah. a break real quick. Uh, if you have any questions for us about publishing, about doing weird stuff, about failing, any anything in business about making money or anything that this show is about, please call in at 1-866-472-5790. We'll be glad to talk to you. We'll talk things out. Uh, if not, we're going to be right back after these commercials, and we're going to continue our discussion. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You are listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. If you have any questions for Magnus or his guests, join us on the show at 866-472-5789. That's 866-472-5789. Now back to the show. Here is Magnus Carter. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show or welcome to the show if you're just tuning in. I have one of my mentors here, uh, starting to become a long, 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 long time friend. And we're actually talking about a lot of things. We've mentioned so many different subjects that touch on anything that has to do with being an entrepreneur, you know, taking chances all the way to failing, which is where I left my off of my side of the story. But Dan, what are your thoughts on failure? What do you think um, is beneficial about it? And what do you, are there any bad points of it? Uh, yeah, so it, it's a really good thing to bring up. It's super valuable. Um, I just want to say that a, a lot of people are fearful of taking the plunge and coming off of the path that we talked about before because they're worried about failing. But I don't think there's anything unnatural about that. I think it's completely normal. You know, if you're if you're contemplating leaving a, a comfortable job with a comfortable income and taking a risk, you know, the fear of failure is front and center. You know, what if this doesn't work out? But 
if you ever uh, aspire to be like any of the successful people we know, I mean, you can pick any of them, like Gordon Ramsay, the chef, or Elon Musk, or, or Richard Branson, or pick any any of those guys in the in the Shark Tank. I think you have in America. We over here we have the Dragons Den. They all failed sometimes once, two, three times before they were successful. All of them. And in failure is some of the most important lessons you can't get without failing. So it's really, really very important to understand that you're probably going to fail and that's okay because the lessons you learn in there are vital. And, um, you know, without, you know, without sort of going on and on about it, but it, you know, I, I failed. And in that process, I was able to, it was hard. It was tough. And it really, I really struggled with it. It took me a long time to really brush myself off and, um, you know, understand what went wrong to have, actually have a, an honest word with myself about how I was responsible for everything ha that happened. And instead of blaming my vendors and my suppliers and the storage and who I was dealing with in China and who I was dealing with the logistics and how Amazon was the worst company in the world, it was all <laughs> my fault. Every single part of that was my fault. And I had to take full brutal ownership of it all in order for me to learn and to move on and make sure it didn't happen again, you know, right. and that's hard. That takes a long time, but I'll end this by just saying, you know, I, I personally feel, and I don't know if anyone else would ever agree with me, but this is my view on it. I feel that to succeed, you, you can't, I don't believe you can really succeed without having failed first. I think that in failure, there is a, um, um, there's a, uh, um, I think in failure, there's a, there's lessons that are, are crucial to succeed. It's like you're getting qualified to succeed. If that makes sense. Well, it does make sense because how can you measure your success without knowing how, how to, to fail? Yeah. It, it's, it's the lessons you learn actually about yourself. You can learn a lot about business and oh, what did I do and what was the mistake I made, but how did you personally allow that to happen? What was on your mind? Were you focused? Were you distracted? Was there something else going on? Were you cutting corners? Were you trying to take a shortcut? You know, how did that eventually take place? How did you allow that set of circumstances to realize and uh, I think in that soul searching and that honesty with yourself, you can, you can really learn a lot about you as a business owner because it starts and it stops with you. And if you don't know you in success and failure, you're never going to really understand or realize what success is. Oh, absolutely. Even knowing yourself is the hardest thing because we don't really want to take the time to learn about it. It's like we're told exactly who we are, how we're supposed to react what we're supposed to do in life uh can we were honestly all conditioned to do the grow up be a kid grow up go to school go to college get a job find someone to marry lots of kids or don't do that and be a bum the rest of your life those were our only two options as we grew up by society yeah. and by by the people that loved us because that's what they were taught yeah yeah yeah, you know, you really do have to break the mold to, to 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 start your own business. You've you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to be prepared to to fail. You you can't if you, if you expect to succeed on your very first attempt. I mean, good luck to you, and yes. I hope you do. It happens, but Slow. but it, it it does. But I think sometimes eventually people will fail because they haven't learned the the failure lessons to, and they've become successful. And and that's amazing. 
But somewhere along the line, something's going to go wrong and you could risk losing it all because you haven't learned how to fail and you haven't learned about yourself in that process. Okay. Well, that's pretty, well, I had something that just popped into my mind. During your failure success, your multiple business adventures, uh, even working for somebody, even growing up, how has your thoughts and use of money changed? Ooh, that's a good one. Um Oh, hold on! I'll give you a I'll give you a second to think on that one. Okay, sure. Because we actually have a caller. Okay, great. Hi, Valerie. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. What can we do for you, Valerie? You still there? He was my coach when I started, and I have a couple of questions for him. Oh. Okay. So another uh, former student that I, we may or may not know. Okay, what's your questions? Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, I am ready to publish. I believe in my book. It's all been checked out by the coaches, but I haven't gotten reviewers yet. And that is such a intimidating thing to try to do it's like asking me to drive a formula one car and get around the track at a certain speed or something it's like a lot and i feel like it would take me a year to get a hundred reviewers before i publish which is the advice from our um class but my okay. uh, mastermind mates are telling me publish now just do it and getting the reviews later uh, so yeah that's I good advice your opinion on that dan that, that's good advice get get your book out get it published and then start getting reviews immediately you know one here two there three there you'll get them it'll take time but to get to line yeah. up 100 reviewers before you publish is almost um that's not really very practical i can't imagine that being feasible really to be honest i, I would get your book out okay and just just work hard on getting the reviews as soon as it's out. And, you know, it's, good. it's always good to get a bunch of reviews when you launch the first time. But um, I, I don't right. think it's very practical to get a lot of reviewers lined up before you launch. Yeah, I was just trying to do what uh, I you know, execute the information I paid for. But uh, a lot of people are telling me don't do that. Uh, yeah. Just go ahead and publish and stay focused yeah. on that, which I can do. Yeah. I put out a good book. Now I'm ready to focus right. on that. I don't want to sit on it a year. No, don't do that. Uh, don't do that. Yeah. No. And then my other quick question is, I have a legacy book published that I did with my dad just for fun. I never nice. marketed it. it it's uh, out there. Am I going to have a problem with branding or promoting different niches? I did establish a publishing company. Well, I mean, are you writing the books under the same pen name or under the same author name? Uh, they... I added my middle initials to separate them. Uh, so I have two author names, just the same, but with my middle initial. And you have you launched both books or either of the books yet? Are you, I, I know you haven't launched one of them. The, the other one where you did, you did that. I launched you launched the other that? one. I'm sorry, say it again, please. So what the book you did with your dad is the one you haven't launched is that correct no i did launch that one it got three 
two reviews or something. Uh, and that was 2010. And now, oh, then don't worry about it. Do launch. not worry. Yeah, don't worry about it. Oh, just forget it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I won't worry about it. Yeah, that's 13 uh, years I'll, ago I'll now. With two forward. reviews, that no one, it's not going to do anything at all. Right. That's fine. I just won't worry about it. Uh, right, yeah. Okay, Dan. Well, I really enjoyed working with you when you were our coach. Uh, we miss you, and glad <laughs> that you're still here with us. Well, I appreciate that, Valerie. It's very kind of you. Um, good luck, and I hope you do well. Yeah, you, you too, and I hope to hear you on Magnus's show again soon. You guys are doing great. Oh, nice. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you. All the best. Okay. Have a good evening. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Oh, that's well. Nice. That's yes. nice. That's really nice. And that, you, honestly, this is the first show I've actually had a caller on. <laughs> okay. Honestly, out of all, the whole year, a little, little over under a year, that's a, uh, my first caller. Oh, there you go. Nice. So, there we go. Even Breaking better. Boundaries. Nice. <laughs> yes, we're, we're breaking everything today. And I did promote the show during the other place of mm -hmm. people that we know. So they might be listening. They might call in. Who knows? Cool. So now back to the question that yes, I've asked before. Failure. What was the question? Oh, money. Could you repeat the, the question, please? Yes. Now, through all your experiences of working with, uh, as an employee, working mm -hmm. for yourself, uh, going bankrupt, broke, or out of business, and starting new businesses, how has your concept and usage of money changed? Okay, so I just want to clarify, I've never been bankrupt. That's, okay, no bankrupt. Okay. So I've I've always paid everybody that's, I owe. Okay. Um, um more or less. And uh it's yeah, I always try to to do that. Um so there's there's two sides to this. I think the first thing is that uh, like in business and personally, um I am naturally terrible with money. I'm naturally terrible with money because I for for a very, very long time I didn't have any. And um, then when I started consulting about you know, 15, nearly 20 years ago, I started to earn some quite good money and it just went to my head. So I've never really, I've always bought nice things. And then um, I find myself taking risks with a business or something like that and then selling my stuff to try and pay for some advertising or something, <laughs> some really bad decision I've had to make. And, you know, I, I've been quite impulsive. So I've just, when I have had a project or a business do really, really well, I've been like, woohoo, let's go on holiday. Let's do this, let's do that. And then... Um, you know, something else happens. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, perhaps I should have been a bit more careful. So I've learned those lessons. I've learned those lessons well. Um, the other thing is, of course, when you're in business is you always have to pay the tax man. And, yes, he, you know, he wants when, his money. He wants his money. And you've got to make sure you've got enough money to pay him. And I, I say this through experience because, again, I've made those mistakes myself where I've had a new or fledgling business and where, you know, the proper advice is to put some money aside so you can pay your VA. In the UK, we call it VAT corporation tax you know everything else you've got to pay you've got to put some a percentage of what you're earning aside so you can pay those bills but in a new business the temptation is is like well any new business is always going to struggle for finance and money i would say a, a huge portion of them have that problem you know how do we get money to invest in the business to grow the business right. and if you've got a big account there with lots of your savings in it to pay the tax ban and you've got to leave it there for a whole year without touching it when you're struggling the temptation is to dip into that and think I'll pay that back into that account for the tax right. plan later because I, I need it right now because I need to promote this book. I need to pay for some advertising, mm -hmm. I need to do whatever it is. Don't do that. <laughs> it's really, really hard not to put your hands in the cookie jar. But 
again, I've done that. I've put my hands in the cookie jar and I've spent the money for the tax man. And I thought, you know what, if this pays out, I'll be able to put that money back in the cookie jar and everything will be great. And it hasn't. And then the tax man comes calling at the end of the year and you're like, I'm sorry, I need to pay you off over the next six months. And that's never cool. So, you know, for me, I've, I've made all of these mistakes, all of them. And uh, I, can, I can honestly say that, you know, I'm in a very different place now. I've learned these lessons. Um, and I, I would give that advice freely to anyone to, to make sure that you don't make those same mistakes. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've been up and I've been down, I've been up and I've been down several times in business. And um, you've just got to make sure that when you're doing well, you're, you're saving and you're putting it aside and you're, and you're being sensible with it because it can, it can go wrong almost as quickly as it can go right. You know, it can go wrong quicker than it goes right. It oh yes. Things going right. It can go wrong really, really fast. So for, for hundreds of reasons. So just, uh, try and be mature with your, with your spending and, um, with putting things aside. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I've been really honest there. I've, I've not been good with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that not everybody is honestly. Yeah, and that's one of the fears of actually starting to do this is, what happens if I do succeed? I remember you, you asking that question a couple times. It's like, yeah. what happens if you do succeed? How do you treat things? How do you do? How do you change the way you think about it? Do you keep the same concepts as before? Do you change into a different person? If you do, how yeah, fast you, do you change? It, it depends. Like when you, if you're a young person and you come into money, that the, and this isn't always true, but the temptation is to to spend some to spend. Mm -hmm sometimes you can be spent a lot and that's fine we do things when we're young we, the idea of being young is to make mistakes to learn from them so that when we grow older we've we've made those mistakes we're not making them anymore just don't be the person who's still making those mistakes when they're older you know don't be that person um so yeah i, I you know it's it's really it's one of those things you can give advice you know it's good advice you know person understands the advice you're giving them but you know what they're going to do anyway so you know even if you're going to spend the money just enjoy it but, uh, you know, don't do anything so stupid that you can't come back from it. A tax man's not going away and you don't want to go no. bankrupt. If you go bankrupt, it, you, you never get over it. You know, even in the UK, it's for seven years, you got to declare it. And even after that, you're filling out applications or you're filling out forms or whatever it is, you're always asked, have you ever been to bankrupt? So it will never leave you ever. It will never leave you. So be careful. Wow. I, that's I didn't realize that. I think it's it's either seven or ten years here. I guess it depends on what type of bankruptcy you file for yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. So I think I think you have to voluntarily declare it, or there are certain restrictions. I don't really know. Yeah. But I know on forms that I fill out, uh, just generally, even for just insurance, just mm -hmm. an insurance form, it says, "Have you ever been bankrupt?" And right. you know, you've got to answer those things honestly. And that's after ten years, fifteen years. You still have to answer those questions, and it will affect you. So it, for the rest of your life. So you, you got to make sure you pay that tax man and you, um, you pay your bills and you pay your, your business loans or whatever they are, you have to pay them. And you get a good accountant. Yeah. Having a good accountant is very important, <laughs> but you, you know, also you should, you've got to understand these things yourself. And again, for some people, oh, that's yes. very difficult because, you know, getting your head around a spreadsheet, understanding a, a profit and loss and a balance sheet, that's hard for some people. It's, 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 mm -hmm. you're looking along. I don't know what to, what am I looking at? Um, but you've, you've got to find a way, you've got to find a way to learn that stuff because it's all very well hiring an accountant. You need to know what they're doing. You might right. think, well, why am I, why am I hiring one then? That's not a, that's not a good place to be. You need to know what they're doing because you need to understand what they're doing because ultimately mm -hmm. you need to be able to look at that sheet. You've got to understand it and you need to know you've hired a good one. This is your business. 
This is your business. You have to take full responsibility that everything goes on in it. And just because you don't have time to do the accounts, that's the reason you hire an accountant because you don't have the time. You're not hiring an accountant because you can't be bothered with it. You right. still have to be bothered with it. You still have to understand it. You still have to educate yourself on it. You just don't have time. So you're subbing that out to an accountant, right? And like many other aspects of your business, you might hire someone else to do it for you, but you have to know what they're doing. Ideally, having already done it yourself, and now you're ready right. to hand it over to someone else because you don't have time. And that's the only reason. Right. And then you know if there's something going wrong or if they're right. doing something wrong. Exactly. You can you can teach them, you can coach them, you can educate them, you can critique them because you know it already. Exactly. Well, now that we talked about, you know, the money and whatnot, about expansion. What when your business was starting to expand, any one of them, whichever, uh, one that was going up one uh any any one of them, when did you realize it was time to hire somebody? Just like, as I was just saying, I mean, if I was working on a task and I, I got good at it, mm -hmm. but my, the biggest restriction I find that I have in business is, is either time or, or finances are the two things that you can run out of, or you got, you never have enough of. Right. So when I need more time, I think, right, who can I get to do this particular task? But it will always be a task I'm very, very good at already. And I'll hand that off to someone else so that I know that they're doing it. I can watch them doing, it. I can even train them to do it. Um, and then I'll monitor them doing it. And then I get that time back. So I'm, I'm basically, I'm buying myself time by hiring someone because now I don't have to do whatever that task is. Now, because as a business owner, you want to, you want to, you, you'll, you'll start working in your business, but eventually you want to be working on your business. Yeah. I remember Gordon Ramsay saying, you want to own a restaurant. You don't want to be the cook in the restaurant. That's right. Yeah. Which is, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But he knows how to do every single job <laughs> from sweeping the floor to running the register, to cooking the dishes, to washing them up. He knows everything about everything in that restaurant. That's why he's the restaurant owner. Right. If you wanted to become a restaurant owner without having done any of those jobs, chances are your restaurant will fail. Hmm. That is definitely food for it thought. Might not. It might not. More likely that it will. Uh, it, it, there's a possibility of it, of it happening. Uh, because I'm actually, as I'm expanding, I'm, I'm finding myself doing the same thing. I'm writing, I'm learning every aspect of it. I'm learning the creative side of it, even though I'm not really good with the creative side of things, but I, I can see when the books are starting to come alive, I can actually yeah. see this is exactly where I want it to go. This is what I need to change. I need to work with writers or authors that make this happen, uh, I remember, I honestly remember a, a very back and forth conversation with you about my first book cover. Yeah. Because you thought it was, uh, you thought it could have been better. I, I, I remember the exact words, but I won't put, I won't put it out there. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and honestly, everybody that I have talked to and I fought for to get that book cover has bought that book because that is where they want to be. And that was after doing the research and the due diligence that we've done through the coursework is sticking with that. <clears throat> and after sticking with it, it won two awards. That's great. So, That's great. <laughs> That's really great. And uh, yeah, I have a couple other ones that are out there uh, just to see, just to test the waters with them. Mm -hmm. I have, also for marketing as well, I've, I found that's been one of the best ways to market things. Uh, one last question I have for you. When you're ready 
this is going to I know this is a very lengthy lengthy question mm-hmm. because we have four minutes left uh, that I was just told is we'll end on this when a person's ready to sign out of their business they want to cash in mm-hmm. they want to do they've had enough of the business they feel that they've accomplished everything that they accomplished out of it what things what like two or three things that you as a business owner want to get prepped and want to highlight as you're selling the business to highlight as you're selling the business well you you want to have a very solid understanding of your numbers so what okay. is your monthly profit and is it what is your profit been for the last couple of years you know um what's your gross figures what are your expenses you need to understand those numbers and okay. you know somebody buying your business depending on the type of business if it's if it's publishing you can get multiples up to like 42 times multiples it gets complicated so i won't go into it too much here but right what you also want to have is SOPs for your company, your mm-hmm. business. You need to have every process um, as a written out as a set of instructions. Every single thing that goes on in there has to be well documented, and that adds value to your business as well. Um, but I, it really, really depends on the type of business. Right. Um, you know what you're trying to sell it for, the value you're trying to get for it. It's a, it's a very, very expansive question. I'm not quite <laughs> sure how to do that in three minutes. Well, okay. Well, that's a good couple of things to to look at and to give people thoughts of you know their end game as they're actually planning their you know their business. And one thing is actually the end game of it. What do you expect to do? When do you when do you want to get out of it? Uh, so one thing, one question I'd like to ask, and it's been quite popular, quite on the spot for a lot of guests, is what is one thing throughout your journey as an entrepreneur? And as a person, what lesson do you take that you still use to when you start it to now? I think I think just having a clearly defined path on whatever it is I'm doing, um, whatever it is, a small task or a large task or even a full-size project is understanding where I'm at. Like I was saying at the beginning, where I want to be, right. what do I want to achieve, how I'm going to achieve it, you know, where, when, you know, who, what, where, when, how, whatever it is, small, medium or large understand what you're doing how you're doing it what it is you want to achieve don't go anything with an open end because it can take you forever you never get it finished excellent well dan i hate to say it but we're at the end of the show cool all right it's been a pleasure (laughs) it has Uh, i just i'd just like to say that you know i i I am offering uh coaching for people Mm -hmm. who are just starting a business or they're in business and they need any sort of assistance or help um, there's a lot of offers out there for people to do this, but they tend to be very prohibitively expensive. Um, and I've decided to try and help the small, smaller business owners or the people in business with a very reasonable uh, hour-long coaching sessions. So if, you, if you're interested, feel free to get in touch. Okay. And how can we get in touch with you? So there's some links I sent you for the bio. Yeah, um, there's the those links. You pick a 15-minute call. We can have a chat and decide how we can help you, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, Dan, we are literally counting seconds down. I want yeah. to thank you for your time, for being on the show. It's, it's been, been a pleasure. Great. This has gone so fast. I've really enjoyed this. It's, it's so <laughs> great to see you again and talk to you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And all the stuff that we've talked about, it's going to resonate with a lot of people out there, uh, the yeah. great content and whatnot. Uh, I want to thank you again for your time. Thank you for being on the show. And next week, I don't know who I'm going to have on the show, but until then, it'll be a surprise. So the weather's starting to break. Get outside, enjoy some life, and come back to your business with 
you know, an open mind. Until next yeah. time, have a great week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to the next show where we will be making more money for you. Until then, have a fantastic week.